worship you. We thank you. We're blessed by you. We honor you. Thank you for meeting with us, God. For drawing us close. Changing our lives, God. Speak your words, speak truth, speak life. And we know, we know, Father, that good is going to come out of today. That we're going to be transformed and the world around us will continue to be transformed by the flow of your Spirit through us. In Jesus' name. out of someone around you and take a seat. So good. Thanks, team. That was awesome. Really good. Very good. So Pastor Rachel and Nate had a baby. Wow. Baby Evelyn. Evelyn? Is that right? Evelyn. Evie. Oh, we'll just call it Evie. No worries. Great. She looks beautiful. Ah, yeah, it, yeah. Just give the send them some love. Facebook, Instagram, actual texts, you know, maybe visit, maybe call before you visit. It's always a good idea. Always a good idea. Uh, and Real Man is going to be so great this Thursday night. It's, uh, it's all just going to... I love talking about uh, financial education. I had a meeting with uh, Scott Jacobs. Are you here, Scott? Yeah, up at the back here. Hey, that was so good, man. That was so beneficial. I'm like, I need to meet with this guy more. And, you know, uh, I follow some, um, some uh, online financial gurus. And the, the one thing that they say is never stop your financial education. If you're going to invest in something, invest firstly in your financial education. So that's what Real Men's about on Thursday night. It's about getting the men together to connect and then talk about, well, where do you start if you're going to start investing? If you're going to set things up for your future, where do you begin? So we've got someone talking on, on property, uh, business, and, and shares. So uh, I think it's going to be good. Join me. It's going to be great. Awesome. Last series was amazing. I was so blessed by it. And, um, but quite uncomfortable, really, right? I mean, love one another as I have loved you. <laughs> okay, that's a little tough. That's going to make me uncomfortable. Uh, so I hope that you get a little bit more uncomfortable today uh, because this is kind of a bit of a continuation of that series, but I'm also uh, leading into where Pastor Richard Botter is going to take us next week. Uh, and we're going to be live streaming Pastor Richard's message to Northwest Campus for, uh, next week, which is going to be really cool. So here's my big idea today. The big idea is that we are called to treat others like God treats us. That's tough. That's a tough gig. Oh, are you serious? Like, but that's it. God calls us to treat one another, our spouse, our children, our workmates, the people in our church and our connect group, like He treats us. 
It's not just love your neighbor as yourself. It's love one another as I have loved you. Like God set the standard. He showed us how to love. And then he says, you keep doing that. Like, oh, whoa. And so God in his huge, grace-filled heart pours out love and acceptance and forgiveness on us. And then he says, now you're going to do the same. You're going to do what I've been doing. Um, who, I hope you're not getting weary of all this talk about love, all right? Don't disconnect on me, all right? I'm going to have a bit of fun today, all right? This is a bridging message, uh, Pastor Simo said I could freestyle. So, um, you know, but don't, don't disconnect on me, all right? We're talking about love a bit more. Oh, we're talking, we've kind of been talking a lot about love, kind of over it now. Don't get over it. Can you really fully uh, experience all of the love of God for you? You're going to need an eternity. You're going to need a whole eternity just to, just to get a, a drop of it. You know, just to start to really grasp everything that it means. Right? That's why, it go, that's why heaven is, is eternal. When you get there, it's like, oh, and then every day you're like, oh, no way. This is awesome. Don't get tired of people talking about the love of God because it's awesome and it's for you. And when you realize how much He loves you, you can't get enough. I love uh, the journal, so good, Simon and Mel and your team, so great. And uh, this week, uh, I just love what it said, God's love is incomprehensibly enormous and directed towards humanity. And then there's this awesome quote from Judah Smith, God's love is so extravagant and so inexplicable that He loved us before we were us. He loved us before we even existed. He knew many of us would reject Him, hate Him, curse Him, rebel against Him, yet He chose to love us. <laughs> I, I think God treats people very well. He treats people very, very well. He breathes life into you. And then He says, check out this awesome creation that I made for you. And don't forget the food that you can have and make. That's amazing. And then I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you in a family, and that's great. And if your family didn't work out, I'm going to put you in a big family like this. And then I'm going to give you friends and a spouse or, or some children. Or I'm going to give you money and a job. And then, and then, because even though, even though you've sinned against me, I'm going to pay for all of your sin because, because I'm going to die for you. And then I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit poured out onto you so you can have a connection with me and minister me into the world. And then you can have an intimate relationship with me. It's going to be, it's going to be so, God treats people very well. He treats us very well. He is so kind. And I want to pull out just two little things that God does for us, two massive things, really, that God does for us today. And how how we can continue to flow in those two things towards other people. I just want to talk about forgiveness and acceptance. God forgave you, and we need to pass it on. Uh, 
just a simple message today, all right? Just a nice, nice easy one for you. Nice, nice and light, you know, just you're going to be like, oh, that was, that was, wish Pastor Darren didn't preach that now. Um, so in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read from uh, chapter 5, verse 16 to 19. 2 Corinthians 5, if you're turning in your Bible, you need to be fast because I'm starting to read now. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Whoa. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Here's the deal. God has called every single one of his sons and daughters to the ministry. Every one of us. You are all called to ministry. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter if you're, at, if you're stuck at home or you're stuck in a wheelchair or you're stuck at, at a job that you hate. It doesn't matter who you are or how old you are. You, if you're a son or a daughter of God, He calls you to ministry. The ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us is called to it. It doesn't matter what you choose to do for your job or where you choose to go on holidays. It's all a part of your ministry. The ministry of reconciliation reconciling people back to God. And as a part of, the, the, of this ministry of reconciliation, well, it means that I'm also reconciling people to me. I'm also reconciling me to others, people that I've offended. I'm, re- I'm helping people to be reconciled to each other. That's kind of the flow and effect of it. You know, Every one of us is called to love, like what Jamie said a couple of weeks ago. doesn't matter what you do or where you are. We're all called to love. God wants to love people through you, but we're also called to to this ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling people to God. Uh, So we kind of of have a good idea of what this is not, right? Uh, I play basketball on a Monday night. I play in uh, men's second division, which on a Monday night means I'm not very good. Um, uh, But we have a, a lot of young guys who play on our team and they make us all look, look really, really good. Uh, and so I'm going up for this block on this 50-year-old bald guy on Monday night. And it turns out I timed my jump a little wrong and I may have landed on top of him. Uh, I may have. I may have. Anyway, he, he hit the deck and I was like, oh, so sorry. But before I could really apologize, well, the expletives began and... Uh, I, I was like, wow, those are some fresh words. I haven't heard those since I was in the army. <laughs> okay, right, right, interesting. Wow, that's, some, that's creative language right there. You know? And then he gets up and he says to me, come down the other end and I'll show you how it's done. And then he, he proceeded to take his free throws, right? Have you ever seen, ever seen a game of basketball? And they take their free throws, but he wasn't looking at the ring. He was glaring at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I'm thinking, this guy, he's not really working with the Ministry of Reconciliation. He's got some problems. Now, uh, I, I, I have to admit, um, 
I struggled not to laugh during the entire thing, which may or may not have stirred him further. But I'm, I'm amused. I'm amused at how immature some older men are. I'm sorry, but that, I find that amusing. If, you, if you've been on the planet for 55 years and you can't control your anger anymore, oh man, I need to, to introduce you to a guy called Jesus. <laughs> He's really going to help you, you know. But after the game, I was polite, I was courteous, we're shaking hands with all the team members. I didn't bar him. I went straight up to him and said, mate, thanks for the game. Thanks very much. And walked off. And he didn't really make eye contact at all. But, you know. That's fine. He wasn't a part of the ministry of reconciliation, but I am. So if I'm going to if I'm going to reconcile others to God, I have to reconcile people to myself as well. Here's my first point. You can't love someone that you're holding sin against. This is what I realized this week. Verse 19 that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sin against them. But yet this is what we do. Isn't it? We hold people's sin against them. There's a couple of categories I want to talk to you about today, a couple of kind of groups of people. And the first one is people who have directly sinned against you, right? People who you have cause to reject or cause to ignore or cause to, to disconnect from. Those people who, you know, for whatever reason, and uh, let me just be really frank, whenever there's, an, whenever there's an expectation, right, that someone doesn't meet, then you have an opportunity for offense. Whenever I expect of somebody at this level, and they deliver at this level, I have this much to be offended by. And God places us in these really close relationships called, you know, husband and wife, where the expectation level is so high. And when he or she delivers at this level, then I have this much opportunity to be offended. And isn't it right that it's so easy to punish your spouse? I'm not doing the washing up because she didn't do that. And so you start this downward spiral, you know. But I find that any, any close community, it's really easy for us to get offended. The kids' ministry didn't do that thing. So over that thing. Or this didn't happen. Or my connect group leader didn't call me. Or this other leader didn't meet my expectations. So what I do is I get offended and I hold that sin against that person or against that ministry or against that leader or against my wife or against my children or against that person that I work with. I hold the sin against them and I choose not to really love them. Isn't that what we do? But th this is what makes us different to the rest of the world is that we, we have experienced forgiveness. We know what forgiveness looks like. And Jesus is super clear on this one. If you don't forgive your brother, your sister from your heart, God won't forgive you. Hard to grasp teaching. But that's why this is called let it flow. 
not anything from the present moment. No correlation. Let it flow because the forgiveness and the acceptance of God is not meant to stop with you. It's meant to flow through you to other people. So people, this is the first group. Someone sinned against you. Someone didn't meet your expectations. There's a, you have a problem with a, a person or a group of people or whatever. They didn't call me on my birthday. What is that? Uh, yeah, like, okay, great. No worries. So some of these things, I get it. Some of these things are horrible and gritty and awful. And there's, there's a serious process involved in forgiving someone who has done massive sin against you. I get it. But I can't love someone if I'm holding sin against them. Unforgiveness blocks love. Unforgiveness blocks the love. I can't embrace who God sees them as. I can't move towards them in relationship, in friendship. I can't even think good thoughts about them. If uh, I, I have plenty of experience in unforgiveness. I really do. I, I've got a whole resume behind here. That's, uh, that's uh, Darren's list of people who have offended him that he didn't forgive for a long, long time, right? And one of those is my next door neighbor. I'm not going to go into the story because we'll be here till midnight tonight. But I had a lot of unforgiveness to my, my physical next door neighbor who doesn't like me very much. I don't know why. Um, but I was struggling for about three years to think a single good thought about her. I can't move towards someone in friendship or in love if I'm holding sin against them. I preached a message a couple of years ago uh, that was a, a bit of a life message for me. It was all around my journey and where God had taken me, and it was called Switch the Label. I'm not sure if anyone ever heard that one, but it was about the labels that I placed on myself, and they were rejected, failure, disqualified. Rejected, failure, disqualified. And how God had begun to speak truth over those, th those lies, really, that I was believing about myself. But it got me thinking, you know, what we do is, uh, this is the second group of people that, that I'm I want to talk to you about today. And, and it's, it's others, other people in the world who haven't necessarily sinned against you, but they've sinned against God and their life is reflective of that. So I'm going to hold sin against other people. So I want to get five volunteers. Can I just get five people really fast? You, 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 and you, okay? Is that all right? Let's go. Five people, I need five people up on the stage. Danielle Grew, Keisha Scott, all right, Sam Snowden. All right, Seb, you're up here, and I will also grab Zach Barnes. Come on, right up here. Fast, 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 fast. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. I've got 16 minutes left, and you guys are going to help me preach this message here today, all right? Because this is what we do. What we do is we label people, and I want you all to grab one of these and hold it up so everyone can see it. And I'm going to try not to lose all the uh, replacements later on. Grab one of those, pass it along, and hold it up so everyone can see. So Danielle, oh, that's a bad one for you. Uh, Danielle's holding up one that says fool. But isn't this one of the things that we label people with? Okay? We label some people, okay, so it's a fool. Oh, man. That, oh, she's an addict. She's a gossip. This guy's a hater. This guy's, oh, man. We, we label people 
and we choose not to interact with them. We choose not to love them. We choose not to get, a, get beside them and, be, and befriend people because we've labeled them according to how it seems like they live. Come on, I live in the world. I live, I live with, with people. I live around people. I work with people. And it's so easy for me to go, <laughs> I am not loving you because you are a fool or because you are a... And we, we use different terminology in our heads, don't we? Really? That guy's a moron. Oh, my goodness, what an idiot. Oh, that, that guy's such a jerk. And please, we never go beyond that, do we? No. No, we don't. But isn't this what we do? We label people based on the sin that we have judged is in their life. And therefore, I'm holding sin against that person. People who, maybe there's a guy who's, who's wrecked his marriage. I work, with, I work around people like this. Guy who's wrecked his marriage, he lost his family, and now he's lost his job, and now he struggles week to week. And he's an addict. The woman who treats her body so poorly because she has no self-respect anymore. She's repulsed by herself. The teenager who cuts himself because he wants to feel alive and everyone just says loser. The kid who threatens other kids because he's trying to be a big shot but everyone really thinks he's a fool. The neighbor who wants nothing to do with you, the blogging hater from the other side of the world, that, that, that person you went to school with who somehow appears on your Facebook feed even though you tried to unfriend them, but you're such a hater. You know, the old guy who's given up on life. We label people too, too quickly, too often, too fast. And it's interesting that God doesn't do that with us. God doesn't hold our sin. Us. He doesn't count it against you. But all those people in our world who we find hard to love, God loves every single one of them extravagantly in, a, in, a, in an immense way. Every single one of these kind of people, not the people that we already know you are, the lovely, awesome people, but the people that you're representing today, God loves those people. They are all made in the image of God. They all have inherent value, deep inherent value to God. And Christ died for every one of them. That's how much God loves them. So what God does is he helps us to switch these labels. He helps us to look at people through his eyes. And that's a cliche that we, we throw around a lot, but it's true. The more I come into communion and connection with the Father, the more he changes how I see the average person around me. I, I remember being almost in tears the other morning, just walking through the shops, and I could see a woman struggling with her kids. I didn't know if she was a single mom, if she was affluent or not, but all of a sudden, the compassion of the Father hit me for her. And I went, am I meant to do anything in this situation, God? I'm not sure I'm going to be really that beneficial for the kingdom. It's the 
says, no, I just want you to notice her. I just want you to notice her like I notice her. And so God changes how we see people. Instead of being a fool, I get to see that she's chosen. And this one, the addict, she's blessed. The gossip, who I'm so over, she's actually really valued by God. The hater is loved. The loser is favored. Now, I didn't set any of those up. You know, like, hater is loved. Addict is blessed. But God just changes how we see people. You know, I love in the journal this week, and it said, you know, right down the bottom, the action point is to choose three people that God wants to change how you see them. I'm like, oh, only three. Oh, let's start somewhere. Good, good, good. Glad we're starting small. That's great. But God shows us who they really are. Instead of what we place on them, God says, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know that you think that they're an addict and in their life they are, but they're actually so loved by me and I died for them and I want relationship with them. So you should go and love them. Right? Psalm 103 verse 10, it's not in the notes, sorry. It says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Oh, God doesn't, he, he just decides, I'm not gonna treat you as your sins deserve. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna die for you in your place. You were meant to die and God said, no, I'm gonna take your place because I want relationship with you. I wanna be with you for all eternity. That's just the love of God. I think I was meant to send you back down. You can go, thanks guys. You can just, you can keep those. Put them in the bin later, that'd be great. Can I encourage you to switch the labels that you're placing on other people? To stop holding sin against people. The sin that you assume is in their life, God is deciding not to treat them as their sins deserve. But He sent Jesus to earth. I'm seriously running out of time. I haven't finished my first point. Um, I, I, I work with some amazing people, not in the victory office, although they're amazing. Um, I work with some amazing people. That, that came out wrong. All of the people in the victory office that I work with are amazing. In my other job, I work with some amazing people. And I also work with two people that I'm really struggling with. And over the last six months, I have uh, my attitude towards these two people who work in the same department has gone really, really south, really bad. And I've been involved in some chatter around the office about these other two people, some not, not good stuff, you know. And then I turn up to Northwest Campus a few weeks ago, and Pastor Geraldine, she starts preaching on love. And you should love your enemies and you should love these people. And I'm like, oh, come on. Just like some of you are thinking today, oh, seriously, you can't be meaning that person. Yes, I am meaning that person. And so on the Monday, it was a particularly bad day. Uh, but on the Tuesday, I just, I just decided to switch love on. 
I just decided, it was like God said, I actually love those two people. And he showed me how to see them. And so the labels that I had placed on them, incompetent, immature, fool. The labels I had placed on them, I started to replace with how the Father sees them. And over the last two weeks, massive change in our relationship. The, the culture of the environment of the office feels different. Are they still incompetent, immature, full? I don't know. I'm just choosing to love them instead. This is hard. This is not easy, Simon. This is not easy to love people who you don't normally love. But this is what you and I are called to do. I'm going to fly through my next two points, right? Because the, we, we, we kind of need to go back a step first before we can go forwards. I kind of need to go back and realize that what God did for me first, you know? And so when I realize what God did for me, I'm able to then let it flow onto other people. Romans 5 verse 8 is one of the greatest scriptures in the entire Bible. And I can't, I just can't stop thinking about it lately. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, what is that? How, how, how much love does, does God have for you and I? If even though you were sinning and rebelling and throwing grace back in the face of the Father, He says, I'm going to die for them. I can't, I can't get my head around it. It's blowing my mind. When we hated Him, He loved us back. Until finally He caught us and showed us His love. And then continues to show us his love. I love that uh, over the past few weeks, the story of, um, of Zacchaeus has been coming out a little bit in, in the messages at both campuses. I'm not sure, you know, uh, Pastor Earl and Pastor Simo, if you guys were, you know, working together on this, but you both are talking about uh, Zacchaeus. And the week before, someone was talking about Zacchaeus, and I'm like, whoa, this is an awesome little thread that's kind of going through both campuses right now. And something that Pastor Simo said last week was, was so good that we need to realize first, I don't know if this is how you put it exactly, but we need to realize first that we're in Zacchaeus' shoes. Because now, and rightly so, I think we're starting to read Scripture and look at Jesus as, as our model for life. And okay, if that's how Jesus did it, then that's how I can and should learn to start doing it, right? But firstly, you've got to take a step back and realize Jesus did that for me first. I love the story of Zacchaeus, and I've got to put myself in, into the story. Zacchaeus is me. I was lost. I was, I was wondering who Jesus was, you know? I was searching, and God drew me in. God noticed me. He noticed you. How good. And he called, he called us down from what we were doing, and he invited us to eat with him. And then he showed us what salvation looked like, and he gave salvation to us. You know, and the rest is just a pure response to how the Father loves 
us. Only when I realized that I really was Zacchaeus can I then flip it around and then realize that I'm now meant to be like Christ in the story. And this is the principle that if God didn't withhold his love from me because of my sin, then I can't withhold my love from somebody else because of theirs. As uncomfortable (laughs) and as difficult as that is. But I love that through the last series that, uh, and Pastor Jez, you did this at both campuses, you were encouraging us to just rest in the love of God for us. And that's such an important thing that we need to do and keep on doing. Because otherwise I'm trying to love people out of a self-generated religion expectation and I'm just meant to let it flow instead I'm just meant to let love and forgiveness flow to the people around me doesn't matter who they are and how much they've offended or hurt me or missed the expectation that I had on them I'm not meant to withhold it from other people and this is what God does to us he just lavishes his love on us that we should be called children of God and it's meant to keep flowing from there so last point as I've got a couple of minutes left is that we just need to let forgiveness and acceptance keep flowing and I was praying uh, this morning as you know as, as you do when you're about to stand up and preach the word of the Lord and um, I just got a sense of Streams of living water need to flow from within us, you know. Uh, but often, if you're if you're in unforgiveness, the streams kind of stop with you. They don't they don't flow. They don't keep going. You know you, you know what happens to water when it stops it stops flowing. It kind of just it stagnates, and it gets all murky yuck and diseased and the flies come and it's awful it's a horrible horrible thing to look at it you don't want to go and bathe in a creek that has stopped you know it's like oh it's awful it's like having spiritual constipation you know there's certain things that are meant to keep going but you keep stopping them you can get over that now that was just a joke But the music started, so, oh, here we go. But let's be real. I reckon all of us have got someone who needs to be forgiven in our hearts. And the Father's forgiven us. But we stop stop the flow. Surely, surely I don't have to forgive that person. I mean, there are label but that guy seriously label but they offended me right that's exactly who we need to forgive now a bit of a disclaimer on this is that if someone has really offended and hurt you you don't have to enter into 
depth of relationship with that person if they are dangerous, okay? But it still means I need to forgive them from my heart. Okay, I work with a lot of people who are living with regular domestic violence. I don't do a lot of face-to-face with those people anymore, but I would always say, well, you need to forgive them. Well, what does that mean? Well, you need to set them free. Maybe you don't want to have deep relationship with that person anymore. So there's got to be wisdom in that as well. If there's serious, gritty abuse that's happened. But for most of the people in our world who we, you know, uh, get offended by or, you know, who don't meet our expectations and we start to put a wall up against them. Forgiveness is what brings the wall down. I love that theme over this morning. Walls are coming down. So I, uh, I want to go to an awkward place and um, because I feel it's good for you and I feel it's good for us. Why don't you just stand up with me? let me take you to an awkward place for a minute because I believe it's a place of freedom. Because it's a place of forgiveness. It's a place where you let that person go because of what Christ has already done for you. Or you you forgive that leader. You forgive that person. Maybe in this room that you have decided, no, not having anything more to do with that person, not having anything more to do with that leader. Maybe this church isn't for me. I don't know. But you know what? The core of the problem could be it's just unforgiveness. taking a step back and realizing the immense level of forgiveness that God has given to you. It's the parable of the manager. The the, the immense forgiveness that God has passed on to you needs to flow to the people around you. Because you know what? If it doesn't, and if we're going to keep holding sin or holding people's, the, the labels that we place on other people against them, you, you, you can't love a person through that. I love the, uh, the little plaque that Pastor Keith has on his desk. Forgiveness sets a soul free, your own. It's so true. So why don't you just close your eyes for a minute? Because I see for us streams of living water flowing from within us. Not blocked up by unforgiveness. Not being withheld because I choose to hold sin against someone else. It could be your spouse. 
It could be your child or your parents. It could be your father. It could be a leader. You need to let the forgiveness flow today. You need to make a decision to not hold that person in in a debt to you, but to release them of that debt today. That's forgiveness. So Father, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? And would you give us courage to forgive people right now. Just close your eyes. You don't have to look around. Maybe God wants to do something with you. So you might need to vocalize this. You might need to whisper it. And that person, family member, workmate, neighbor, leader, friend, who you are holding sin against, you need to set them free today. That's the love and the heartbeat of the Father. Is that you and I would reflect His heart and would carry His incredible love into every relationship. for a minute. Come Holy Spirit. I've just got a couple of minutes. I was Holy Spirit just come upon us right now and help us to identify any walls that we have built up between us and someone else. And help us dismantle those walls right now. Help us to pull them to the ground so that we can love, accept, and forgive, and bless, and honor, and lift up the people around us. And I know, Father, that you're setting us free in the same process. As we, as we alleviate the burden that we feel they owe us, I declare freedom in Jesus' name. Spirit just revealed to us this morning who we need to love and accept and switch the label on. 
show us how to see them. Show us that they are loved. They are blessed and valued.